You're listening to the DGD Podcast. Sponsored by La Touraine. Here's your hosts, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Welcome to this edition of the DGD Podcast. As always, the NCDGD himself, Robert Reynolds. Got a couple special guests with me here. Uh, You're familiar with uh, KTG13. Uh, but we've got a couple high-profile members. Uh, you might not be uh, excited. You, you don't know who it might be because you're not familiar with the face paint. Uh, but two members, Turner and Caleb from the UGA Spike Squad. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Uh, and we're going to get right to it. All right, we're going to break this down right now. Um, the Spike Squad has a special announcement. And they're here to let us know as dog fans, dog nation, I need you to tune in, and I need you to listen right now. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us on. Uh, as you see here on the screen, we started pushing it out this morning. We're really trying to promote this blackout that bands uh, coming against this Oregon game. We really want the fan base to rally behind it, and maybe even if we're lucky, we might even see Kirby uh, pull out the black jerseys. I know we had it against Mississippi State. We really, really loved it. The fans really loved it. The night game environment was amazing. Uh, but we're really hoping that there might be a chance that now that we have the national championship under our belt, Kirby might loosen up a little bit and uh, give the fans what they really want. There's your announcement, folks. Black out the bins. Listen, I don't care if you're going to be there or not. If you're going to be to the bins, wear black. If you're not, wear black, right? Because sometimes, you know, Let's be honest here. When you go duck hunting, you know, everybody wants to wear camouflage, but nah, Georgia does it different. We do it with black uh, and none other than the Spice Squad telling you to do so. So listen up, take the notice and bring black out to the bins or your homes, wherever you may watch. Uh, guys, obviously, you know, wanted to thank you for that announcement. Uh, definitely going to be wearing black that day, uh, whether I'm there or not, but uh, neither here nor there. Uh, so Turner and Caleb, you know, like I said, thanks again, guys, for coming on. Uh, it's an honor to have the Spike Squad a part of the show. Um, Rudes is saying that Turner is straight sexy, kind of expected from Rudes. We all know. <laughs> um, hey, Rudes. Yes, sir. All right, so guys, listen. Feel free to stick around. I know, I know, y'all are pretty busy, right? You know, y'all are students, so. Obviously, you know, if your schedule permits, feel free to stick around because there's a lot of shit to talk about, guys. Uh, and none other than yesterday. Uh, and OK, so Caleb has more on why. Uh, Caleb, I'm going to let I'm going to take the floor, let you take the floor here. Feel free to speak what's going on. Yeah. So with the blackout, uh, we for a lot of our older members, the Notre Dame game in 2019 was a really, really big deal, right? Uh, you know, it was kind of at the top of everyone's list, honestly, up until Arkansas this past year, as everyone's favorite game. Um, and so when Georgia football posted that teaser uh, and Harry Dog was in the black jersey, we kind of thought, like, okay, maybe they'll pull out the black jersey. So not only were we trying to black out the bins, but we're trying to have that coincide with Georgia wearing black jerseys. Um, so we're hoping and praying for that, but we, uh, we wanted to start this season off strong and we haven't been able to do a blackout on our part since Notre Dame. Uh, so hopefully like Turner said, uh, we hope that Kirby can loosen up a little bit and kind of, 
you know, maybe bring out the bike jerseys again. It'd be pretty sick. Listen here, you know, coach, if you're listening, the fans want it. The NCDGD wants it. We all want it. We just came off of a national title. Okay. I understand the focus is to keep going. I understand. I'm not mad about that coach. I'm not. All right. Listen, this is just me talking to you. coach. All right. I'm just saying, maybe throw out that black jersey a little bit because I think those guys earned it in my opinion. I'm just saying, right. I'm just saying, now listen, I love our red jerseys. I love our white jerseys, but ain't nothing better than that black jersey, you know, in the bins, right. And listen, 3.30, by the way, 3.30, if you're not, you know, if you're Patrick Starr and you're living under a rock, 3.30, September 3rd, in the bins, wear black, make it simple. Uh, Texas TV brings hook'em. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that we have a Texas fan here, but Turner does it for me. Caleb does it for me. I'll do it for you. Hook'em. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, thanks for tuning in, though, Texas TV. I'm not going to lie. Thank you for uh, hopping in. Make sure to like and subscribe, by the way. Uh, get more Georgia content in your life if you'd like. Uh, first off, listen, we're going to jump straight to this, okay? Jimbo and Saban is like, a, is like an episode of Jerry Springer that you drop everything that you're doing to tune into that. You, you just. Oh. You hear about it the day before Saban drops this comment, right? Singles out A&M, right? I think I ain't even going to play it because we all know about it. Calls them out for paying for every player. Let's be honest. They did. All right. I can go into a debate on that. I'm not going to do that, though. You pay for players, whatever the case may be, was a comment. So you're sitting here about, what, 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, and you hear, oh, Jimbo's going to hold a press conference. Yeah, everybody stops what they're doing, work, whatever. And they make it happen. People watch, tune into that live stream, right? And if you did, it was literally 10 minutes, 15 minutes of just straight slapping around, trying to slap around Nick Saban. It's just like, good Lord. Like, kind of expected it, right? But this is like the second time that Jimbo's had to go out and kind of defend his stance, right? But let's be honest. The fact that he, he he's already doubled down prior to that and then comes out saying that we ain't paying players – it's bullshit, guys. It really isn't. There's no way that that money is not a factor in sending a kid to fucking College Station, Texas. Okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You go from two max right to eight, and you're winning about eight games a season. The, the math is definitely not adding up here. Okay, so let's just cut that straight to the chase. Nick Saban called the truth out, and and now you're sitting here and saving. Uh, and and uh, Jimbo is sitting there just like throw, throwing a temper tantrum and name dropping all this and all that shit. But I want to get y'all's thoughts on this, guys. Turner or Caleb, whoever. What are y'all's thoughts overall on the Saban versus A&M drama? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You, you definitely don't go four and four in the SEC with a struggle against Colorado and have all the top recruits in the country go, man, you know, that program's really on the rise. That's where I should be. And when you look at what they're saying, you look at the verbiage that they're using. Uh, at first, Jimbo was saying, no, NIL wasn't used at all in recruiting. This wasn't done in a certain way. But then now in his most recent press conference, you hear him saying, oh, no laws were broken in the state of Texas. No laws were broken in the state of Texas. He keeps saying no laws were broken. And that's kind of Saban's whole point. His whole point is 
there is no regulation. The NCAA has these rules, but because it's not against federal law, nothing can actually be done. Because it is legal in your state, nothing can actually be done against it. It can't be enforced to make it a level playing field for all of college football. Caleb, would you like to add anything else here? I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this. So yeah, yeah. So for me, I, I'm trying to look past whether Saban or Jimbo is right. And, like, I'm trying to acknowledge that I think no matter what, Jimbo is going to try and protect his players, right? Like, he's going to come out and say, yeah, like, we didn't do anything wrong. He's going to fight for them. And, like, I mean, I can appreciate that whether I think he's right or not, you know? So I see a lot of people is like, Oh, Jimbo, like he's, 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 you know, he's being a crybaby and stuff like this. Like, yeah, but I mean, what good coach wouldn't, you know? I mean, that's kind of how I see it, but yeah. All right, so I'm ready for for a hot take here, boys. I'm ready for, I I know this is coming. Prepare yourselves, Turner, Caleb, prepare yourself. KTG, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. I need to hear what you've got to say about this. Well, first thing they need to do is call Jake Paul and set up a boxing match. That's what I want to see. I want to see Saban smack Jimbo around a little bit. But uh, I, I already think Nick Saban's the GOAT. I'm not a big fan. Obviously, we're Georgia fans, and they've beaten us, you know, seven of the last eight, even though the one that counts is the last one we played. That's the only one I care about. But uh, going after Jimbo, I don't like Jimbo. Y'all know I live 45 minutes from Florida State, so I don't like Jimbo. And uh, obviously, I think you pay players. But uh, I, I, I'm here for the drama. I like it. I think um, that game's now circled on everybody's calendar nationally. I think Alabama's going to beat them by about 30, but that's beside the point. Um, it, it's just wild to me, man. I, I really – I just want to see the boxing match. I don't care about the football game. I want them to fight. I want to see some blood get drawn. That's all I know about it, man. But I think Jimbo – I think I think they both handled it in the wrong way. I don't think Jimbo – I mean, I don't think Saban should have name-dropped. But I don't think Jimbo should have come in and called Nick Saban a narcissist when he's a narcissist as well, in my opinion. So I thought that was kind of trashy too. And don't forget he threw in Dion. He threw he even threw in Miami basketball, man. This dude's going after everybody's throat. And then I don't know if the tweet or the I don't know if the quote was real, but Dion said, Why don't we just handle this on the field and let Jackson State play Alabama? I was like, I hope you didn't really say that because that would be a bloodbath. But uh, yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be ugly. Travis Hunter going to single handedly win that game for him. Oh, that's right. They paid a million dollars apparently. <laughs> but yeah, no, so yeah, you know, I, I want to get y'all thoughts on this. Yeah, everybody talk about Texas A and M versus Bama. Guess who got left out? That we ain't, we ain't forgot about y'all. We ain't forgot about Tennessee. y'all. Tennessee, Tennessee. We ain't forgot about y'all. USC. I see what you did yesterday. I see exactly what you did. Don't let that go past either. Right. USC gets Jordan Addison. Let's be honest. That shit was tampering from the start. Like my man, my man was in the locker room and already got told, let's come to USC. Right. Report leaks out like, hey, that's tampering. Narduzzi, the Pittsburgh coach, calls uh, Lincoln Riley a couple times, whatever. Listen, every, you know, there may have been a, a little bit of a push there for Addison to Texas. But let's be real here. He was going to USC. We know this like we just do. So in, in my opinion, whether they did it on purpose or not, which in my opinion they did, and, uh, you know, Jimbo versus Saban right in this boxing match per se, Addison just silently goes in and commits to USC and it goes under the rug. I'm telling you right now, that that offense is on paper looks really good, but I need to see what USC can do on defense. And I don't see shit about that because you look at all those, you look at all those guys there, they ain't got no fucking defense. Like, 
they ain't got no defensive transfers that they need help with. So, you know, the writing's on the wall for USC. I think they're going to be a competitive team. But it's all offense, man. They ain't got no damn defense. And let them get to the playoffs. Let them get to the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, Georgia or Bama, maybe both, can make it in again. If USC makes it to the fucking playoffs, it's a wrap. Like, I don't care what that offense can do. That defense is going to shut down people, both of them. All right? Whether it's whether it's Nolan Smith and company or Will Anderson and company, tech, like, USC is not ready for a playoff contention team. I'm just saying they're not, period, period. Right. Yeah, I'll, I want people to find me one offensive lineman on USC that can handle Jalen Carter. Just one. <laughs> Hell, I there mean, ain't many people in the country. I, I, was, I don't think anyone in the country could handle <laughs> Jalen Carter. I, I mean, the crazy thing about it is I think you have to look at Georgia for the most part, right, because they go against them in practice every day. But when you're on the field, listen, you know, Jalen Carter was a backup that should have been a starter anywhere else in the country. It's crazy to say that, but – now you've put now you're unleashing him right for his junior season. That is downright petrifying for anybody outside of Bama. I think Bama's kind of used to that. But they 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 definitely have an eye out for it. I'm not going to say that they're not. But it, you know the only team I think that could try to contain him is probably right Bama. Let's be honest. Because I'm telling you right now the Joe Moore the Joe Moore award winning Michigan defense they couldn't even handle they couldn't handle shit last year when we played them. So. I'm not worried about, you know, from a defensive line standpoint, <laughs> Jalen Carter is a monster. So, you know, it let USC, if they make it in and they got to play Georgia or Bama, oh, that offensive line going to get worked, period. Uh, Roots originally is a good comment, though. The game has changed. The game has changed and boys are trying to be sneaky. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. And I, I want to go back to the Saban point, right? Like the Saban rant, right? It feels like, you know, he went back and apologized afterwards, right? After Jimbo tried to name drop shit, right? But my thing, I'm, my feeling is like, that was a lot of pointing fingers, right? And I, and I saw different takes on this and I maybe want to see what y'all maybe elaborate more here. It kind of feels like he's not, he's like, he's upset that he's not, you know, he's so used to being at the top. And now you're starting to see new players kind of like even the field out a little bit with this NIL situation. And he's not happy about that. Is that fair to say that that's the case? Like it, to me, it looks like it, but what, what do y'all think about that? Yeah. So for me, like I was watching the Jimbo presser and he was like, if you try and dig up stuff on Saban, you'll see like who he really is. Right. So I think Saban, I mean, I think Jimbo's kind of pointing a figure like, okay, this guy has been sneaky for decades and now when everyone else tries to be sneaky, it's like a problem, right? I mean, and, and, you know, he didn't say that, but that's kind of the sort of vibe I got from that. So, you know, I think Saban kind of had it his way. And now that other people are trying to do similar things, oh, now it's not okay. So, and, you know, I mean, I think Saban's a great coach, but, you know, maybe the game is catching up to him a little bit. All right. Do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, I mean, I keep looking back at it like the Georgia curse on and off the field. You look at what happened to Clemson after they played us, they were broken. You look what happened to Arkansas, we smoked them, they were broken afterwards. Finally, we come up, we beat Bama, and then off the field, they just they go into shambles. Saban doesn't know what to do. He's normally very professional, very straightforward, very um, coach speak that, you know, most coaches use. And finally, you know, the Georgia curse catches up to him, and 
he just he just falls apart. He crumbles. I love it, Caleb. What's what? What say you, sir? I mean, I I think he's a little nervous about A and M because Alabama can't fund things like A and M can. I mean, A and M is probably one of the most uh, or one of the richest programs in the nation. And I think that's what worries saving a little bit. And I think that's why he kind of got salty and went at him a little bit. But uh, I mean, Alabama recruits itself anyway. So it's it's I, I see where he's going with it, and I don't think he said anything false yesterday. But uh, that's that's just the what the way I see it, man. I think he's just a little nervous that they ain't gonna be able to fund like A and M, which is facts. Listen, that old money, you know, whether whether you know whether the thirty million dollars is real or not, that's one thing. But uh, if if anything has told me the truth here, sliced bread is also confirmed to be Nick Saban's burner account. Just gonna leave that there. Um, anyways, enough about that. Let's talk. So let's talk about this nil, right? I have a feeling about this NIL and then taking the context of Saban versus Jimbo, right? Like my, my thing is this, right? When NIL became a thing, right, it was supposed to be for college athletes. And now you're starting to see this trend, you know, kind of this trend of like getting high school kids to come in because of, you know what I mean? So, it, you know, he talks about pay to play, right? And that's really what it seems to be moving toward, right? More so than, you know, like an enrolled athlete, you know, like for instance, you know, an enrolled athlete at Georgia getting paid, right, for their NIL through, you know, contracts and deals like that. You know, So you're seeing NIL get played in the transfer portal and, you know, and, and really in high school recruiting. And in my opinion, look, I won't, I won't sue the athletes to get everything they deserve. I've been an advocate for that since the get-go on this. But I think there has to be some regulation. And ultimately, I think Nick Saban was trying to do that, but he kind of misspoke on the matter, right? Uh, you know, he should, you know, he was right. He shouldn't have name dropped AM. But let's be honest, AM's the biggest factor in this pay for play stuff, anyways, right? So, you know, and Travis Hunter made waves. And, and I'm telling you right now, Twitter spaces for Florida State that day were toxic. Um, it made for epic content on that regard, listening to, um, you know, but Travis Hunter made history, right? not saying that, you know, not saying that he wanted to go there anyway, but right. Like it, it's kind of obvious names, right. That he called out, right. Listen, Miami, Miami got, you know, got a kid from Kansas state, which she was talking about, you know, in the newspaper per se, that 400 K deal for Miami basketball was a transfer from Kansas state. So you saw that portal, right. Talk right there as well. So when you when you have these right here, you know, as Ruse agrees that you shouldn't have name dropped, you know, I kind of get where he's going from. Right. Like I see the different side of it. He's trying to get his boosters involved. Right. Like like call to arms for the boosters at Bama. And, you know, and just look, we were second. Right. If basically, hey, give us more money, we can be first continuously. So I, I see the alternate side of this as well. And I think that's important to look at. If you're trying to be 100% unbiased, right, I think you have to. But at the same time, the drama just speaks for itself. It's beautiful, right? It's just beautiful. Um, and, and Rudes also says what a coach is supposed to do for these kids is to be an example, and that's exactly what it is. Um, so, you know, obviously you sit there look at that right there, right, the whole Jimbo and Saban thing. You, you're leading up to that game in Tuscaloosa, and it's going to be must-see TV from – even like even the most casual fans that have no, you know, no 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 dog in the fight per se, 
right? Like people from outside of these fan bases are going to tune into that because they saw what's going on right now. So, you know, whether it's for, you know, media, like viewer numbers and all this stuff, whatever. Uh, definitely made for some interesting content, listening to content and stuff like that yesterday too. Uh, let's switch this up. This was, this was kind of off the topic here, but I want to talk to you about you guys and, and, and what you feel about Oregon. We'll do a little quick Oregon preview, way too early preview. How about that? What are your thoughts overall, right, about this game leading up to, uh, you know, Atlanta on September 3rd? Uh, Turner, we'll start with you, and then Caleb, I'll let you go after. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be more difficult than a week one cupcake. Um, you know, you've got Oregon with Dan Landing in there, so we'll see how they do that. I feel like they already had a pretty solid defense. Um, obviously, Thibodeau helped a lot with that, so we'll see who can fill his shoes. But I think it'll be a good week one challenge. We'll see how our uh, defense will come back from last year after losing a lot of players. I know we're still bringing up back a bunch of experience, but um, we'll just have to see how we stack up week one. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that some people undervalue how important it is to have a head coach like Dan Lanning now for them. Right. Is like, uh, for me, that, takes them from like I mean like yeah you see the 23 and think oh, okay they're a decent team but I, I think they're gonna play better than you know that number uh I think Bo Nix now I mean I'm not I've never been super excited about Bo Nix personally uh so you know I don't really care about that but I think them getting Dan Landing is huge for them so we'll see how it goes but I don't think it'll be a very close game <laughs> truth be told Oh boy, KTG. I'm well, I heard that Oregon wants to smoke. They better bring their quack rocks. That's the only thing they they get in smoking. Because <laughs> I think Georgia's going. I, I feel like I feel like they better get high on quack because it ain't going to be the dogs, man. I think Georgia. I really think Georgia's kind of aggravated because we just won the national championship and we still ain't getting the respect. Everybody's like, "Well, y'all lost 15 draft picks. Y'all lost five first round picks, which would have been six if Adam Anderson did get in trouble." And it's just it's just wild. So I think Georgia's going to come out with a with a pissed off attitude. And I think they're going to beat them down to a bludgeon. Honestly, I think they're going to cover easily. Dogs by twenty. At least. I'll tell you. This, I'll tell you this. K- KTG brings up an excellent point. For a defending national champion at this point, I feel like Georgia has had the least talked. Like you know what I mean. Like the least hype and talk about. You know, in regards to the upcoming season than I've seen in recent memory. Right. Uh, You know, and a lot of people want to point to, you know, what Georgia lost on defense. Right. Or to the draft in general. But a lot of people, you know, especially looking into, you know, this upcoming season are focused on how Georgia is going to fix this defense. My question to you and anybody else is, you know, that's questioning our defense. What are we bringing back on offense? Why aren't we talking about what we're bringing back on offense and how potent our offense can have the potential to be? So. You know, to me, you know, if I find myself, right, if we're Georgia fans, you know, it makes sense to me. Like, I understand your question. I need you to understand what's coming on offense. Because last year we didn't have Eric Gilbert playing for us. Last year, George Pickens didn't play most of the season for us. Right? Our offense was super efficient. And then even then people want to go to the lens of saying, well, your defense bailed them out and helped them out. Maybe so, but it still takes execution, and that's what happened. 
right? Your defense can save you all game, but if you ain't driving the ball down and scoring and being efficient, it doesn't, it's for nothing. It's for nothing. So you sit there now you bring, you're obviously bringing back Brock Bowers. The tight end room alone is going to be scary as hell anyway. Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, Oscar Delp looked really damn good in the in G day too. All right. Yeah, listen, I understand there's people that, you know, question like he'll probably I've heard somebody said he's gonna transfer. And I'm like, nah, they'll rotate so much you don't need to sit there. He's gonna play. Like he will play. You know, you bring back A. D. Mitchell, you bring back Marcus Rose, Jack Saint, you bring in Arian Smith, CJ Smith, all right, getting those guys back healthy, right, as well. The offense and, and most of your offensive line, all you got to replace is Sawyer for the most part. There's no reason why there should not be there, – there has to be more talk about what Georgia's offense is bringing back and how efficient that – how much more explosive that and dynamic that offense can be. And, and it just irks me that people want to talk about what we lost on defense. Fair. And even to that point, even to that point, you've still got Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo, I can go on Nolan Smith, Robert Bill, William Poole. Do I need to keep going on? We will be fine. And then you, that's, that's not even counting the freshman hall we got. Michael Williams, dude. MJJ, dude. Malachi Starks, dude. It's just insane. So I understand the logic. And pe- but sleep on us. Sleep on us because we're going right back to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. And we'll be right there and potentially. I don't see us unless we beat ourselves. Ain't no reason why we ain't going to win every game this season. Should be no excuses. If we, if we lose a game, it's disappointment in the regular season. Just the way it's been. And you forgot Just my boy, been. man. You didn't even mention Lad. You know I'm naming my first son Lad Bennett Whitaker. You man, know what, though? There you go. Now, I'll say this. KTG's wearing a mailman hat, right? There ain't no competition at the quarterback position. Setson Bennett's that dude. Setson Bennett is that guy. He is the guy. He just won you a national title, dog fans. And they're still a part of our fan base that thinks Carson Beck is the guy and Stetson, Stetson needs to be gone. Listen, you're just screaming to everybody around the country how entitled you are if you think that. Listen, I love Carson Beck just as much as anybody else. But why would you switch out a national title winning quarterback in that offense with more people coming back and more experience coming back, why would you switch it out unless he loses the job himself? I, I literally want to ask y'all that question. Is there? Do y'all see any reason why you would take him out and put Carson back to start? I'm not knocking Carson back at all. I'm just saying it makes no sense to take him out if he just won you a national title. Am I am I right or am I wrong on that point? Don't ask me that question. I'll, I'll get. I'll go on a rant. Oh, well, we don't want to catch a G right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, Quan, all right, so Quan here. I just read the comments. We'll switch over here. Uh, KTG crew in the building. Good morning to you all. Good morning, Quan. Good morning. Now, I want to ask you all this. Since we got you all here, right, the Spike Squad is in the building. I want to ask you all, what's it like to be a part of the Spike Squad? Like, I know you all have – like, obviously, we see you all at all the games and things like that. And, and I'm going to shout out Brooks Austin because – uh, Turner did a video for him, which was awesome to hear. What's it like to be a Spike Squad member? Uh, I would say tiring, but fun, right? Like, I mean, 
you see us on TV sometimes and it's like, oh, that's fun. And then you think about if it's a noon kickoff, we're up at 6 a.m., you know, trying to get to the gate by 8. Um, so I'm going into my third year on the squad. And uh, so, I mean, I've had a blast so far, but it is not – I did not know that it was this demanding, you know. Uh, I think my favorite part – is us getting to travel, like going to Charlotte last year. Turner actually got me a ticket last year, so that was clutch. Um, but I think that's super fun, uh, you know, because we're like one big family, honestly. So I think going to Jacksonville, going to Clemson. I'm kind of happy that this year's kickoff game is in Atlanta because it's just like a drive away. But it's kind of sad, too, because, I mean, I kind of like the hotel talk. It's fun, you know. Um, but it's a blast, man. Seriously, it's so much fun. I heard that. Caleb, I know. I think you got to head out, my man. Uh, listen, we're gonna yeah. bring it one more time. Promote it again, and I'm and, and listen. Tell people where they can find you in the Spike Squad. Oh, uh, like on TV, me? No, I mean basically more so like social media. If they want to find <laughs> you or the Spike Squad, where can people find the Spike Squad and yourself if you'd like? Yeah. So our our big thing is at UGA Spike Squad. Please, guys, if you're going to the game, nine three twenty two. Please wear black. Please. You heard it here from the man himself, guys. We're going to preach it. Listen, I think I think because this is becoming a thing in the marketing campaign for this, we're gonna we'll probably do a little quick like quick snip every every episode to help out, guys. Um, so yeah, uh, you heard Caleb. Huge uh, Instagram. UGA Spike Squad, go give them a follow. Listen, Please make do. stay tuned, stay tuned, right? Obviously, we want to make sure that we wear as much black. Uh, let them Duck fans know what's up. Hopefully, they don't wear black either, you know, with all them uniform combos, man. Who knows what the hell they're going to wear? I'd like to hope that they wear their typical green and yellow, but you never know with Duck fans. Never do. Anyways, Caleb, thank you for coming on. Uh, obviously, it was a Pleasure Thanks, to have guys. You on and talk and talk a little bit about the Spike Squad and promote the blackout. Um, have a great day. Have a great weekend. And uh, looking forward to seeing y'all at the bins rocking out the uh, the uh, squads, man. The spikes. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We're going to transition over here now to um, talking a little bit of Georgia football. Right? We talked about the Saban and stuff. Listen, I'm tired of the drum already. So let's talk some Georgia football real fast for a few minutes. Hunter, I mean, yeah, Hunter, I'm all over the place right now. Turner, God Almighty, I'm all yeah. over the place. How are your feelings, you know, from the for this upcoming season, right? Like, you know, you hear the narratives and things like that, right? What's your overall takeaways for the expectations that you have for this upcoming season? I mean – we just had national championship. I think if we don't get another one, it's a bust. Uh, having one just makes me even hungry for more. And uh, kind of something that you were talking about earlier, you know, we're filling these spots on defense. We're not 100% sure how that's going to turn out, but we've seen what our offense can do. We've got Monk coming back. He can dial up plays no matter what the defense is showing. Uh, he's been looking at Landing's defense for the past year, studying that every day in practice. So I think that'll definitely help us out week one, but, I, I believe last year was our first time bringing back our starting quarterback and leading receiver in like five or 10 years. It's been a minute. And, and then 
our starting quarterback and leading receiver didn't play most of the season and we still won a national championship. So I think having that experience on offense come back, um, especially health, uh, you had Brock Bowers with, I believe, a torn labrum basically the whole second half of the season. Um, you had Arian Smith injured for a large part of it. So I'm just excited to see what our offense can bring up. We have a question posed from Quan, and he and he asks, who do you think will make an immediate impact, Dalen Everett or James Singletary? KTG, I'm going to let you start on this one. Well, and feel free to briefly explain why you think. Uh, listen, both guys, I'm excited for, uh, but let's let's answer Quan's question. Who do you think will make an immediate impact? I'm gonna I'm take Dalen Everett. I'm assuming sooner. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Dalen Everett, man. I um watching him in the in the Under Armour All American week, you know, the whole drills and the one on ones, and then the actual game. He's tall. He's lanky. He's fast. Athletic. I'm really looking forward to Dalen Everett. I think he's going to have a job to shut down uh, or be the other shutdown corner on the other side of uh, Keely Ringo. I know we still got the Nylon Greens and all those guys, but I think he's going to be around in that conversation too. I'm really excited about Dalen Everett, and I just I think he's he, he kind of reminds me of he's not as big, but he he has Jalen Ramsey vibes to me. He's a dog. You see that attitude he brings. So I'm going to go Dalen Everett. Okay. So we got one for Everett. Turner, let's say you, sir. Honestly, I think both have a have a really good shot coming in. They're both extremely talented. And um, really the the whole DB class as a whole now, especially even with Marcus Washington reclassifying into this class, you know, I think all of them have really good chances of making an impact, just seeing how they fit into our system and uh, how their talent can play out on the field. I heard that. I, my thing is, listen, if you ask that question for me, I think Jaheim. I love what I saw from Dalen Everett, but Jaheim, in my opinion, can come in and his physical size. And I know they're both roughly the same. I just think he plays faster. And, and I feel like nah, obviously we're looking at an uh, uh, impact in, a, in regards to sooner. Right. I don't know if you're going to see these guys like be a true starter. Right. I think obviously Ringo's locked up one side and I think you'll probably look at Kamari Lassiter. Uh, as the other guy. And, and listen, you know, who knows, right? You still got the whole summer practices and summer camp and whatnot. I'm going to go Singletary. I just like his length and speed, right? Let's be honest, South Florida speed is different. It's different. Uh, Juan also asked us, uh, do you think Sori and Dumas Johnson will be able to carry the load that Nicobe and Quay left? I'll start this one off. Yes, but temper your expectations because you were not going to – you might, but it's going to be very, very difficult to replace what those guys brought, more so Nakobe, than, you know, so you have to temper your expectations because that's that's one of those guys that's just – he's a generational-type player. And watch what happens with him in the NFL. He might be undersized slightly, but he's, he's going to have a lasting impact in the NFL, and it shouldn't be a surprise at all. Right, super instinctual, right? But when we talk about instincts, Jonathan Dumas Johnson is coming out of high school was is college ready. Flashes, right? Now you're going to see him on a more consistent basis, 
right? You'll see him on a more consistent base with him and and Sori. I think you might have to. I think you'll look at uh, Jonathan Dumas or Jonathan Dumas Johnson and and Smile Mondin as well. You know, I don't know if you're going to see what combination. I, I think you have to keep Bill there, right? Bill will be in the mix whether he's on the edge or what was to be determined. I think he might be on the edge. What is our three linebackers? I think Jonathan Dumas Johnson sealed himself in. You know, but then you also got a hungry ass dog in Jalen Walker as well, right behind him, and he's going to be dominate. He's going to dominate by the time his college career is up too. But yes, I think I think they'll be able to carry that load, uh, Quan. But temper our expectations and how we really think. You know, to what extent is going to be the key there? We just have to temper that just a tad because it might not show up immediately, but in time, I think you'll be more than fine to keep keep that tradition going. KDG or Turner have any other comments on that question? Yeah, I think coming into Georgia, both are extremely talented. And uh, just like our previous linebackers coming into Georgia are also extremely talented. And it's going through Georgia is what sets them apart. Uh, you know, everyone can go into high school or not everyone, but a lot of people can come into high school as a five star. But I think Georgia and what they do with their recruits, putting them through three to four years is what turns them into next level. And so just having that experience on the team going through multiple spring practices, going through multiple seasons, that's what really sets them apart. So here uh, with not as much experience as Nakobe and Quay just won't have that experience behind them, but I think they'll they'll learn quick and Kirby will, will do a good job with them. There you go. KGG, what say you? I agree. I think from a production standpoint, they're going to be fine. You're still, you're still going to have Jalen Carter eating up blocks, so they're going to be able to shoot gaps. The thing that worries me about them is that leadership. Nakobe Dean was a leader, pure leader. He ran that defense. That's the that's the part that sticks out to me is the leadership standpoint. They're all talented, like like uh, both of you guys said. So. Uh, if somebody on that defense can step up and be a leader, whether it's one of the linebackers, whether it's Chris Smith or even Taki, if he comes back and is available to play, that's the main thing I'm looking for out of the defense is who's going to step up and emerge and be that leader. But, um, yeah, production-wise, I think they'll be fine. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Um, anyways, Turner, can you tell people where to find you, man? Yeah, Uh with Spice Squad, like Caleb said, check us out uh, at UGA Spice Squad. I'm actually one of the people that helps run our Twitter. So that's usually where we have most of our fan interaction. If you comment, there's a good chance that we re-engage with you. We comment back. We love hearing from our fans. So check us out at UGA Spice Squad. Uh, it's our handle for all social medias. And uh, give us a follow. We're trying to hit 30K. We're at 29.4 right now. So we're trying to hit 30K before the season starts, and every number north of that is even better. KGG, tell them where to find you, man. Y'all can find me on Facebook Gaming at KTG13TV. Love, I'd love to have an appearance from the Spice Squad, man. Y'all come uh, hit me up and give me a like and follow and say what's up, man. We got a big Georgia crowd in there. And, yeah, Facebook Gaming, KTG13TV. I'll be live right after I get off on this. So uh, y'all come check me out, and we're going to have a good time over there. Yeah, we'll definitely have some people reach out to you about that. For sure, man. Appreciate you. I'm, I'm going to go follow you on Instagram. I already follow you on Instagram. I'm sure and Twitter. So I love the Spike Squad. We appreciate it. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. Have a great, happy Friday rest of your weekend. Remember, September 3rd. On that note, have a great weekend. We'll catch you on the next time.
Thanks for listening to the DGD Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the DGD Podcast YouTube channel, where you can watch live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DGD Podcast. And check out the website at www.dgdpodcast.com. 